0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, Today is the second installment in our new series, Hope for Troubled Hearts. And so we're working through the Gospel of John in this series, specifically looking at chapters 14 to 17. And this is the final discourse that Jesus has with his disciples. Before being arrested and then being crucified, so I think it's a very important time in jesus 's life. You can imagine that these last moments with his disciples god is Jesus is going to be looking to to really impart faith to them to really prepare them for this time ahead so last week, Sam started off by looking at John fourteen verses one to three and the context here really is Jesus had just been uh, talking about, to his disciples about the way that he must go the way of the cross and his disciples weren't really getting um, what Jesus was saying here but but in the midst of this uh, Jesus picks up that that actually maybe the h- hearts of the uh, disciples were starting to get troubled and so Jesus says to them do not let your hearts be troubled but believe in God believe also in me and then the following verses uh, on from that really just Jesus just starts to unpack what it means to have our hope in God and, and reasons as to why we should have hope in God. So just last week, even in the first three verses, some of the things Sam picked up on were, In my father's house are many rooms. And so as disciples of Christ, you don't have to be worried, like, is is there space for me? Is there only a limited number of people that can get to heaven? Um the reality is that that God has made a way that anyone who puts their faith and trust in him uh, can be saved but but more than this pay attention to what Jesus is saying my father's house and where god is bringing us to this place in heaven it's not like god is going to be far off in his castle uh separate from us but actually god is bringing us into his family to himself but he wants to dwell among his people so we're actually we will be in his house with him so let that bring us hope it says jesus is preparing a place for you um and like how comforting that the one who is the king is the one that is preparing a place for us. He's making it ready. He is doing what needs to be done so that we can come and be with him. Uh, And lastly, it said, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Jesus doesn't abandon us. He doesn't just prepare the way for us, but actually he comes and brings us to himself. So these are all reasons for hope. Uh, And as we continue looking on now from verse four uh, to seven, we will see that Jesus continues to give reasons for us to be in hope. So let's turn to John 14 verses four to seven. It says this, and you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know the way where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I'm just going to pray for us before before we move on. Oh God, I thank you that you are here with us this day. I thank you, Lord, that your word is life. I thank you, Lord, that you're wanting to speak to us this day, that you're wanting to reveal yourself to us this day, to encourage us, to build us up, to bring us from a place of trouble, if we're feeling like we've got troubled hearts, you want to bring us to a place of peace. Lord, we just want to be open to whatever you're saying to us today, Lord. We want to be obedient to your voice. Come have your way, we pray. Amen. Okay, so today specifically, I want to focus in on verse six. It says, I am the way, the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, And I want to look at why this gives us hope. So first off, this, this sounds very exclusive, doesn't it? Jesus is saying, I am the only way to God. This can get people's backs up, I think. People don't like exclusivity. And the truth is, this is exclusive. He is the only way. But it's not as negative as you think. Jesus is saying this is to birth hope in you. It's to give you hope. He's saying it's so your hearts don't need to be troubled. Jesus doesn't want you to live in a place of despair, but in peace with a confident hope. You see it's not an exclusive club for the rich and famous or for those who earn the right by doing good deeds or acts of kindness but Jesus has given the invitation to come through him to Father God to anyone who is willing to accept to anyone. So yes the way to God to salvation is exclusive but the invitation is not. So rather than complaining which I think uh, can be quite a common thing sometimes, that, that the way is too exclusive. We should be thanking God that he has provided a sure way of salvation, open to everyone who is willing to accept it. So why do we need a specific way to God? What does Jesus mean by saying, I am the way? The issue is sin. The Bible clearly teaches that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. we've all fallen short of God's holy, perfect standards and romans six twenty three says and the wages of sin is death and so so this is an issue isn't it? Uh, and note the word wages specifically. this implies something that has been earned. We don't get paid for wages for doing nothing, do we? We're given a wage according to the work that we've done. And here, the Bible is saying that sin has a wage and it is death. Uh, This is physical and spiritual death due to sin. It's separation from God. It brings us broken relationship with God and eternal punishment in hell. These are the true wages of sin. And like I said, the Bible says all have fallen short of God's holy standard. All have sinned. Sin is a real issue. You might think that sounds harsh. But we know that actions have consequences. If they didn't, the justice system wouldn't be just. As God is the holy, perfect judge, the price or rather debt must be met for sin, or he wouldn't be good and he wouldn't be just. As we've already said, the punishment for sin is death, separation from God and eternal punishment in hell. Sin is a very real thing and has consequences. But what is sin then? How do we define it? So sin is exchanging truth for a lie. Rather than recognising God as king over our lives and giving him the praise that he's due for his name, um, we start to put uh, other things first. We take the glory away from God that's due for him. uh, And we start uh, giving it to ourselves or to others or other things. It's saying the world resolves around us rather than the God who created it. Uh, Timothy Keller puts it very helpfully like this. He says, sin is building your identity, your self-worth and happiness on anything other than God. So sin is building your identity, your self-worth, happiness on anything other than God. It's basically being uh, autonomous. It's saying, God, I don't need you. I'm free to govern my own life in any way I please. Is taken from God for honour and praise due to his name, uh, saying, no, actually, God, you don't deserve that. You don't need it. It's it's for us uh, or for for other things, things that have been created. When actually it's God is the only one worthy of that praise and honour. So we've made, we're made to be in relationship with God and sin not only, um, Brings judgment, but it breaks that relationship, it puts an immovable chasm in between us and God, and we can never get over it ourselves, we can never get over that chasm. How can a holy, perfect, pure God be in relationship with sinful man? It just doesn't add up, does it? Yet there is good news. So, if we go back to Romans 6 23, yes, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Read it again so for the wages of sin is death. So actually, by sinning, there is a consequence, and that consequence is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, this is coming back to Jesus being the life. So, what we started with, verse 6, didn't we? In uh, John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life in Jesus. Is the gift of free life, the gift of um the free gift of life? God is saying, Where there is death, you can do nothing, you cannot bring life in of yourself. But you can find the answer to eternal death, and that is eternal life, and that is to be found in Jesus. Notice though, it says, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord so the life is found in Christ but but also he is found in when he is our Lord it's saying that that which you were made for having a God-centered life is still possible if you turn from sin and make Jesus Lord of your life you will find life eternal have you ever had the thought that there is more to life than this do you feel that nothing brings you last in happiness It's because something is wrong. You are missing something that you were made for. To be in relationship with God. To live a God-centred life. This causes lots of us to to push back. We want to live our own lives, live our own ways. Uh, We want to be our own boss in essence. Yet why why uh, why does nothing bring lasting joy, lasting satisfaction to us? It's because we're missing what we were made for. C.S. Lewis, uh, Lewis, uh, who wrote the Narnia books, uh, said this helpful quote. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we are made for another world. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Uh, basically, what C.S. Lewis is saying is, if God made you to know God, if that's what's meant to be the all-satisfying center of your life, no matter what you try and fill the center of your life with, if it's not what you were made for, you will not find joy. You will not find uh, a, a satisfaction that lasts, a joy that lasts, a peace that lasts, because at your core that's what you were made to be in relationship to God and you will always come up short on your own finding that something is missing so although the issue of sin is a very real serious issue thankfully God has provided for us a way Romans 5 8 says God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us christ died for us jesus gave his life for us so that we may have his life for life true life granted to us so there is hope so do not let your hearts be troubled you see the perfect sinless life we have all fallen short of jesus has lived for us and more than that he gave his life to pray to pay the price for our sins this is good news this is how Jesus became the way when he died on the cross he took the sin of the world upon his shoulders he suffered the full penalty of um, or the full wage of our sins death separation from God the full wrath of God the justice um, that God has to give because he is a just God was fulfilled so that his life his righteousness may be imputed to us. So, he lived the perfect life for us and then suffered um, the wages of sin that we should have suffered for us, so that we may be in right relationship for him. This is love poured out for us. That is why we put our trust in Jesus as the truth as our lord and saviour and say sorry for our sins if we follow him his perfect life is given to us the bible says that we become in christ so any sin you have ever done or will do all the shame guilt condemnation from the wrong things that you have ever done or ever will do um have been dealt with by jesus on the cross and you are what the bible calls born again you have the life of christ if you believe in him romans eight one says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus that's great news, isn't it? So for anyone who is now in Christ, so anyone that has put their faith in Jesus, there is now no condemnation for you. So actually, we are completely freed from the shame, from the guilt, from the condemnation of sin um, in our lives. Romans ten eleven says, "For the Scripture says, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame." Psalm 103 verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. So it's not that our sin has just been smoothed over or um, just cut or hid, uh, covered or hidden away. You don't have to worry that God's going to suddenly find the truth out about how, who you really are. It has been dealt with. Jesus dealt with it on the cross. He went the way of the cross to be the way for us to have new life. The price has been paid once and for all, and we are now free from the slavery of sin. The the, the debt that we owe to sin has now been paid for so jesus says you shall know the truth and the truth shall shall set you free he is saying you shall know me you shall understand your plight due to sin for i am the truth and in me is the free gift of life if you believe in me this free gift is yours this life is yours when jesus says he is the truth he's not just saying that he speaks truth He's declaring himself to be the truth, like he is love incarnate, holiness incarnate. He is saying he is the truth incarnate. By looking to the truth, by looking to Jesus, we see God revealed. We see sin, fi- the sin-filled condition of man, the holiness of God, and we see all the promises of God fulfilled in Him as our Savior. He doesn't just speak the truth; He is the truth. So he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. This gives a secure hope if we trust in him, if we believe in him. The life Jesus gives to us isn't just a head knowledge or a future eternal life for us, but um, it also produces in us life here and now. Life and fruitfulness go together. When Jesus' life is in you, you can expect to be fruitful now. In John 15, uh, Jesus talks about him being the vine. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he says, whoever abides in him, remains in him, will bear much fruit. But if we don't, we, will, we can do nothing. We cannot bear any fruit. And so Jesus is saying that actually, as you abide in me, as you remain in me, as you have your faith secure in me, my life rises up through you and causes you to bear good fruit. And we are called to bear fruit for God. He says that we have, he has good works, that he has prepared for us, even before the foundation of the world for us to be doing. He says that uh, you have died to the Lord through the body of Christ, that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, that we may bear fruit for God. So Jesus died that we may belong to him, that we may be set free from sin, that we may bear fruit, that his life rise up in us and through us. So Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full. So when he declares, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, it's not a selfish look at himself. but He's saying, I am on a great rescue mission, that which no one else can do, to bring you to myself or to bring you to himself. So don't worry, because in Jesus is hope. He has life in him. And he has come to give us life, joy and peace. If you're feeling troubled this day, Jesus says he is the answer. Look to him, believe in him, trust in him and he will give you perfect peace. I just want to close in prayer. I just want to pray for us that we may know a fresh That Jesus is the way, that we may see the truth of who he is and uh, man's plight in sin. And also, I just want to pray that we will experience his life afresh and that we will um, bear much fruit for him. Mm. Jesus, I thank you that you are the way, the truth and the life. I thank you that when you came, you did not come to condemn the world, but you came to give us life. Lord, I thank you that was uh, a mission that you, you came on for us, motivated by love. Lord God, I just pray that you will open all of our eyes wider to see you, to see the truth of who you are. Lord, I thank you that you don't just save us um to to that we're not in condemnation anymore lord that we're not going to be in eternal pain or punishment but you you save us into blessing you save us into your family that we can call god the father our father that we can pray our father who is in heaven hallowed be thy name lord i ask help us to give you the glory that that you are due help us to see you for who you are and for what you have done for us. I thank you that you are the way, the truth and the life and I pray that we will uh, have the boldness and faith to proclaim that message to those around us, to reveal you and to show you. We ask this in your name O God. Come have your way in us. Lord come reveal yourself afresh. Open our eyes to the wonders of your glorious grace. Amen.